0: Exodus chapter 3. Meanwhile, Moses was shepherding the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb, the mountain of God. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire within a bush. As Moses looked, he saw the bush was on fire, but was not consumed. So Moses thought, I must go over and look at this remarkable sight. Why isn't the bush burning up? When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called out to him from the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, he answered. Do not come closer, he said. Remove the sandals from your feet for the place where you are standing is holy ground. Then he continued, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Moses hid his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord said, I have observed the misery of my people in Egypt. And have heard them crying out because of their oppressors. And I know about their sufferings. I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians. And to bring them from the land to a good and spacious land. A land flowing with milk and honey the territory of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, the Israelites, cry for help, has come to me. And I have also seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. Therefore, go, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh so that you may lead my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. But Moses asked God, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the Israelites out of Egypt? He answered, I am will certainly be with you and this will be a sign to you that i have sent you when you bring the people out of egypt you will all worship god at this mountain then moses asked god if i go to the israelites and say to them may the god of you, the god of your fathers has sent me to you they will ask me what is his name. What should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am, has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the Israelites, Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Has sent me to you. This is my name forever. This is how I am to be remembered in every generation. Go and assemble the elders of Israel and say to them Yahweh, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me and said, I have paid close attention to you and to what has been done to you in Egypt. And I have promised you that I will bring you up from the misery of Egypt to the land of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, a land flowing with milk. And honey, they will listen to what you say. Then you, along with the elders of Israel, must go to the king of Egypt and say to him, Yahweh, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. Now please let us go on a three-day trip into the wilderness so that we may sacrifice to Yahweh our God. However, I know that the king of Egypt will not allow you to go unless he is forced by a strong hand I will stretch out my hand and strike Egypt with all my miracles that I will perform in it. After that, he will let you go. And I will give these people such favor in the sight of the Egyptians that when you go, you will not go empty handed. Each woman will ask her neighbor and any woman staying in her house for silver and gold jewelry and clothing, and you will put them on your sons and daughters. So you will plunder the Egyptians. Luke Chapter Six The Gospel According to Luke Chapter Six On a Sabbath, he passed through the grain fields, the gospel according to Luke chapter 6. On a Sabbath, he passed through the grain fields. His disciples were picking heads of grain, rubbing them in their hands and eating them. But some of the Pharisees said, why are you doing what is not lawful on the Sabbath? Jesus answered them. Haven't you read what David and those who were with him did when he was hungry, how he entered the house of God and took and ate the sacred bread, which is not lawful for any of the priests to eat. He gave them some. He even gave some to those who were with him. Then he told them, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. On another Sabbath, he entered the synagogue and was teaching. A man was there whose right hand was paralyzed. The scribes and Pharisees were watching him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath so they could find a charge against him. But he knew their thoughts and told the man with the paralyzed hand, get up and stand here. So he got up and stood there. Jesus Then Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do what is good or to do what is evil, to save life or to destroy it? After looking around at them, he told them, Stretch out your hand. He did so, and his hand was restored. They, however, were filled with rage and started discussing with one another that they might what they might do to Jesus During those days he went out to the mountain to pray and spent all night in prayer to God When daylight came he summoned his disciples and he chose 12 of them He also named them apostles, Simon, whom he named Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthew and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon, called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor After coming down with them, he stood on a level place with a large crowd of his disciples and a great number of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon. They came to hear him and to be healed of their diseases, and those tormented by unclean spirits were made well. The whole crowd was trying to touch him because power was coming out from him and healing them all. Then, looking up to his disciples, he said, You who are poor are blessed. You who are poor are blessed because the kingdom of God is yours. You who are hungry, you who are now hungry are blessed because you will be filled. You who now weep are blessed because you will laugh. You are blessed when people hate you, when they exclude you, insult you and slander your name as evil because of the Son of Man. Rejoice in that day and leap for joy. Take note, your reward is great in heaven, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your comfort. Woe to you who are now full, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are now laughing, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all people speak well of you, for this is the way their ancestors used to treat the false prophets But I say to you who listen, love your enemies. Love your enemies. Do what is good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone hits you on the cheek, Offer the other also, and if anyone takes away your coat, don't hold back your shirt either. Give to everyone who asks you, and from one who takes your things, don't ask for them back, just as you want others to do for you. Do the same for them. Just as you want others to do for you, do the same for them. Do unto others. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners love those who love them. If you do what is good to those who are good to you, what credit is that to you? Even sinners do that. And if you lend to those whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners to be repaid in full. But love your enemies. Do what is good and lend, expecting nothing in return. Then your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For He is gracious to the ungrateful and evil. Be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a block can the blind guide the blind? Won't they both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone who is fully trained will be like his teacher. Why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but don't notice the log in your own eye? Or how can you say to your brother, Brother, let me take out that speck that is in your eye, when you yourself don't see the log in your eye. Hypocrite, first take the log out of your eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck in your brother's eye. A good tree doesn't produce bad fruit. On the other hand, a bad tree doesn't produce good fruit, for each tree is known by its fruit. Figs aren't gathered from thorn bushes, or grapes picked from a bramble bush. A good man produces good out of the good storeroom of his heart. An evil man produces evil out of the evil storeroom. For his mouth speaks from the overflow of the heart. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and don't do the things I say? I will show you what someone is is like who comes to me, hears my words, and acts on them. He is like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. When the flood came, the rivers crashed against the house and couldn't shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears and does not act is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. The river crashed against it and immediately it collapsed. And the destruction of that house was great. Job chapter twenty. Then Zophar, Job chapter twenty. Then Zophar, the Namanite, the Namathite, replied, This is why my unsettling thoughts compel me to answer, because I am upset. I have heard a rebuke that insults me, and my understanding makes me reply. Don't you know that ever since antiquity, from the time man was placed on earth, the joy of the wicked has been brief, and the happiness of the godless has lasted only a moment. Though his arrogance reaches heaven and his head touches the clouds, he will vanish forever like his own dung. Those who know him will ask, Where is he? He will fly away like a dream and never be found. He will be chased away like a vision in the night. The eye that saw him will see him no more, and the household will no longer see him. His children will beg from the poor, for his own hands must give back his wealth. His bones may be full of youthful vigor, but he will lie down with them in the grave. Though evil tastes sweet in his mouth, and he conceals it under his tongue. Though he cherishes it and will not let it go, but keeps it in his mouth, yet the food in his stomach turns into cobra's venom inside him. He swallows wealth, but must vomit it up. God will force it from his stomach. He will suck the poison of cobras. A viper's fangs will kill him. He will not enjoy the streams, the rivers flowing with honey and cream. He must return the fruit of his labor without consuming it. He doesn't enjoy the profits from his trading. For he oppressed and abandoned The poor, he seized a house he did not build. Because his appetite is never satisfied, he does not let anything he desires escape. Nothing is left for him to consume. Therefore, his prosperity will not last. At the height of his success... Distress will come to him. The full weight of misery will crush him. When he fills his stomach, God will send his burning anger against him, raining it down on him while he is eating. If he flees from an iron weapon, an arrow from a bronze bow will pierce him. He pulls it out of his back. The flashing tip out of his liver. Terrors come over him. Total darkness is reserved for his treasures. A fire unfanned by human hands will consume him. It will feed on what is left in his tent. The heavens will expose his iniquity, and the earth will rise up against him. The possessions in his house will be removed, flowing away on the day of God's anger. Then is the wicked man's lot, this is the wicked man's lot from God, the inheritance God ordained for him. First Corinthians, Chapter Seven. Now, in response to the matters you wrote about, it is good for a man not to have relations with the woman. But because sexual immorality is so common, each man should have his own wife, and each woman should have her own husband. A husband should fulfill his marital responsibility to his wife, and likewise a wife to her husband. A wife does not have the right over her own body, but her husband does. In the same way, a husband does not have the right over his own body, but his wife does. Do not deprive one another Sexually, except when you agree for a time to devote yourselves to prayer, then come together again. Otherwise, Satan may tempt you because of your lack of self control. I say the following as a concession not as a command. I wish that all people were just like me, but each has his own gift from God, one person in this way and another in that way. I say to the unmarried and to widows, it is good for them if they remain as I am, but if they do not have self-control, they should marry For it is better to marry than to burn with desire. I command the married, not I, but the Lord. A wife is not to leave her husband, but if she does leave, she must remain unmarried or be reconciled to her husband and a husband is not to leave his wife. But I, not the Lord, say to the rest, if any brother has an unbelieving wife and she is willing to live with him, he must not leave her. Also, if any woman has an unbelieving husband and he is willing to live with her, She must not leave her husband, for the unbelieving husband is set apart for God by the wife. And the unbelieving wife is set apart for God by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be corrupt, but now they are set apart for God. But if the unbeliever leaves, let him leave. A brother or a sister is not bound in such cases. God has called you to live in peace. For you, wife, how do you know whether you will save your husband or you, husband? How do you know whether you will save your wife? However, each one must live his life in the situation the Lord assigned when God called him. This is what I command in all the churches. Was anyone already circumcised when he was called? He should not undo his circumcision. Was anyone called while uncircumcised? He should not get circumcised. Circumcision does not matter, and uncircumcision does not matter, but keeping God's commands does. Each person should remain in the life situation in which he was called. Were you called while a slave? It should not be a concern to you. But if you can become free, by all means take the opportunity for he who is called by the lord as a slave is the lord's freedman likewise he who is called as a man is christ's slave you were bought at a price do not become slaves of men Brothers, each person should remain with God in whatever situation he was called. About virgins, I have no command from the Lord, but I do give an opinion as one who by the Lord's mercy is trustworthy. Therefore, I consider this to be good because of the present distress. It is fine for a man to remain as he is. Are you bound to a wife? Do not seek to be loosed. Are you loose from a wife? Do not seek a wife. However, if you do get married, you have not sinned. And if a virgin marries, she has not sinned. But such people will have trouble in this life. And I am trying to spare you. And I say this, brothers, the time is limited. So from now on, those who have wives should be as though they had none Those who weep as though they did not weep. Those who rejoice as though they did not rejoice. But who buy as though they did not possess. And those who use the world as though they did not make full use of it. For this world in its current form is... Passing away. I want you to be without concerns. An unmarried man is concerned about the things of the Lord. How he may please the Lord. But a married man is concerned about the things of the world how he may please his wife, and his interests are divided. An unmarried woman or a virgin is concerned about the things of the Lord, so that she may be holy, both in body and in spirit. But a married woman is concerned about the things of the world, how she may please her husband. Now, I am saying this for your own benefit, not to put a restraint on you, but because of what the Lord is proper. And so that you may be devoted to the Lord without distraction. But if any man thinks he is acting improperly toward his virgin, If she is past marriageable age, and so it must be, he can do what he wants. He is not sinning. They can get married, but he who stands firm in his heart, who is under no compulsion, but has control over his own will, and has decided in his heart to keep his own virgin, will do well. So then, he who marries his virgin does well, but he who does not marry will do better. A wife is bound as long as her husband is living, but if her husband dies, she is free to be married to anyone she wants only in the Lord, but she is happier if she remains as she is, in my opinion, and I think that I also have the Spirit of God.